I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey, hustlers. We know that this 2024, the entrepreneurial journey is filled with challenges. An often overlooked aspect is the time-consuming task of processing payroll and managing government requirements. And did you know that the average admin spends a whopping 50 hours per month dealing with just government compliance? That's time you could be spending on growing your business, or let's be honest, taking a well-deserved break. But fear not, we got a game changer for you, introducing Sprout Solutions and their tailored solutions for MSMEs called the Payroll Starter. With Sprout Solutions Payroll Starter, you can finally reclaim your time and get your life back on track. Say goodbye to the stress of remembering tax dates or worrying about missed payroll runs. This bundle is designed to make your life easier and your business more efficient. And here's the best part. The cost starts just at 5,000 pesos per month for businesses with up to 10 employees. Yep, you heard that right. That's just 5,000 pesos per month. So why spend another minute drowning in payroll paperwork when Sprout can revolutionize the way you manage your payroll and government requirements? Take the first step towards a more efficient business today. Visit sprout.ph slash payroll starter monthly 5k. If you missed that, don't worry. We have it in the description box of this episode. So click that too. And again, big shout out to Sprout Solutions because your time is too valuable to be spent on paperwork. Reclaim it with their payroll starter. Now let's begin this episode. The Hustle Share Podcast is brought to you by GoTime Bank. GoTime Bank is owned by the Gokongwei Group, the same companies that brought you brands you love like Cebu Pacific and many more. GoTime Bank makes next-level banking a breeze with its convenient account opening process. It takes less than five minutes to get started via the free app. Plus, get your GoTime Bank Visa card at one of their kiosks for free. Download the GoTime Bank app today and experience the next level of banking. You may visit www.gotime.com.ph for more details. Also brought to you by Paymongo, the payment gateway for business growth. Paymongo allows your business to accept online payments from your customers through Visa, MasterCard, GCash, GrabPay, Maya, online banking, Buy Now, Pay Later, and many more. All with just one platform. Sign up for free at paymongo.com. And brought to you by SeatCap. SeatCap is a lending platform powered by UBX Philippines. With SeatCap, you can easily apply for a loan from 5,000 pesos up to 1 million pesos from the comfort of your own home nationwide. Visit www.seatcap.ph, sign up, and apply for a loan now. That's www.seatcap.ph. Take your business to new heights by seeking capital with SeatCap. You know, one thing that I had as a teacher that I had to unlearn uh, in the world of startups was pride. Because, <laughs> as a teacher, you think you are the expert inside the classroom. You are the one who knows everything. But in the world of startups, in business, you are not. Right? Welcome to Hustle Share. 
the podcast that features the daily grinds of unique hustlers around the world to show not our differences, but that our hustles are very much alike. Now here's your host, Ronster Beithyong. Welcome to the latest episode of the Hustle Share Podcast. We finally got this guy. I I rescheduled three times. Okay, apologies for this. It's been a very rough couple weeks in terms of stretches and there's just things I got sick. And then again, my co-founder passed away. Again, not saying that you're malas, not saying that I'm malas either. Right? It's just very hard to get schedules right lately. But I'm glad we are finally recording this because without getting carried away. Let's welcome to the show the founder and CEO of Cerebro, Mr. Justin Itugot. Hi, Ron. Thank you for having me on the show. Okay, sir. Sir Justin. Okay, I'm just gonna go <laughs> by uh, how you go by in school. Right? Again. Yeah. <laughs> I've known you for a while now. Uh, one of the very few Thamashians that are in the startup mm-hmm. game. I first heard mm-hmm. of you Right when I think you joined Idea Space or after, right around that area, right? Yeah. And again, I've seen you blossom, kill it, and then pivot, and you know, you're, you're doing well. But again, without getting carried away, I need to ask you the million dollar question Justin, what's your hustle? I'm Justin Itugot. I am a teacher by profession and I have been teaching uh, inside the classroom for more than 10 years. And uh, I think now, I'm still a teacher, though not inside the classroom, but uh, more on the support side. Mm. Right now, I'm the founder and CEO of uh, Cerebro, and uh, we are working on a courseware featuring ready-made digital lessons for schools, mm-hmm. allowing teachers to save up to 400 hours of preparation time per year, improving their work-life balance. And with that, we're able to help them teach at their best. All right, I'll just go straight to the juggler here. How are you able to save teachers 400 hours? Because I just respect, mm-hmm. and again... <laughs> I was teacher's enemy number one in a, in, oh. during my uh, student life, especially mm-hmm. in high school because I was being a Pasaway student. And I know mm-hmm. how hard it is not just to teach and adapt your yourself into random students that have multiple mm-hmm. things, but also I think a bulk of the work, correct me if I'm wrong, happens on the prep side, right? Mm-hmm. Not in the classroom, right? It's, yeah. it's the preparation, and we'll, we'll discuss that later, how, how, how that's done at the back. But how are you able to do that and save them 400 hours? Mm-hmm. Yeah, if uh, you remember your student life, you see your teacher from 7 a.m., maybe up to 5 p.m. And all those times are devoted to the actual teaching and learning process. But mm-hmm. what the students do not see are the effort that teachers are doing just to prepare their lessons, preparing their Lesson class presentations. Plan. Yeah, and when do you think they do it? They do it most of the time at night when they're already yeah. at home. Yeah. They should be spending that time with their families. So what we do is uh, we reduce that part. We help them on the preparation part. We prepare everything that needs to be standardized based on DepEd's curriculum. And once we provide it, it's already about 80% of their workload. Wow. Preparation. They just have to deliver it. And the creativity side of planning how to deliver the lessons that we prepare or just the maybe the remaining 20% of what they need to do. So we're able to help them about, uh, save about two hours per day, which sums up to 400 hours of preparation time for the entire school year. That is amazing. And th- those two hours can can definitely help out in terms of quality <laughs> that you can talk exactly. to your lessons you're going to do, the stress levels. You're mm-hmm. not, 
you're not bad trip when you go to a classroom <laughs> and you won't lash out on any random student because you get that time back. Mm-hmm. The same way yeah. we're trying to help podcasters get that time back so they don't have to edit their own voice and cringe the whole four hours yeah. after. That's amazing. Exactly. All right. Now, Justin, I, yeah. I need you to buckle up real quick right, before mm-hmm. we get carried away because we're going to talk about education. Why is this such a pain point that you really want to you really want to solve but before we get to do that i need to understand your origin story because i need to buckle up real quick okay we'll ride the baby bus along Cavite <laughs> city okay because we're gonna have to ride the hustle share time machine mm-hmm. oh, ha. i thought we're riding the ocean jet no <laughs> but this is not gonna ex- uh, implode right <laughs> yes yes don't say that you are gonna get cancelled okay <laughs> oh, <getting laughs> but, no they're just kidding just kidding but yeah we were now all the way back I want to understand your origin story so obviously you've been a teacher for a while right I'm looking at your LinkedIn I didn't realize how many, how long you've been teaching but walk me through your early life right what was it like growing up and who were your very first role models? in terms of hustling? Yeah, actually, I never thought about being a teacher. And I also never dreamt about doing business in the first place because my elementary days during those times, my great-grandmother would usually bring me to the church to attend mass mm. every day. You know? Even up to now, I go to church every day. So when I was what? a child, I thought <laughs> I would become a priest. So okay. my childhood dream was uh, always to become a priest. And the funny story is that I also never knew that I would end up becoming a teacher because growing up, I only saw two sides in my family. My parents uh, have been separated palano, since I was two years mm-hmm. old. Mm-hmm. And many of my relatives on my mother's side are in the military. So that was the orientation that I had Whoa. when I was growing up. <laughs> That's extreme. Yeah. Either you're a priest or a military. <laughs> yeah, diba? Parang those are uh, different sides talaga. Yeah. And on my father's side naman, they're the ones who are into business and they actually mm. ran a, a printing shop since the 80s and it has been passed down from generation to generation and I mm. eventually ended up running it as well. So it's there on my profile, the publishing part. And I guess it is where I got my entrepreneurial uh, mindset and it was the start of what I, I would actually end up doing. So going back to my childhood dream of becoming a priest, that was actually one of the reasons no, why I eventually took up yung bachelor's degree ko, which is Religious ah. education, <laughs> and uh, oh, that like, was your um, that was your college degree. Yeah, BSc in religious education under I've, UST College of Education. I have never met anyone that took that up. So now yeah, you are one of one so far in my life. It's like life. a program oh. that's usually unheard of in UST because there were only eight of us in our class, and their activities what? are usually merged <laughs> with those from the UST Central Seminary. Wow, I did not know that that dude. I I think I I know a lot of things about USC. But I didn't I mm. never knew that they had that eight people in a classroom. But let me just backtrack a little bit. So there's a very interesting exposure that you've had here because okay. Mm. First of all, I the dedication to go to church every day at a very young age, mm. you know, that really instills discipline and I don't know, this devotion I guess in your in your life, but Again, seeing your role models in, in your family where they're in the military, another vocation or another job that requires a lot of de- dedication and sacrifice. And then you now see business, another vocation or another mission that you need to have a lot of sacrifice and discipline on. 
Can you just walk me through those little tidbits? So you've been exposed here, but what are those things that you saw your family or the, the people that are close to you do that you still carry with you now? Hmm. Yeah, kasi nga, no, maybe my early orientation talaga in my family is military life. Kasi my mother herself as a daughter of uh, a soldier. Siguro, you, you can really see in my family yung way of uh, military upbringing. So the discipline there was different. Even my grandmother was a civilian employee in the military. So siguro, wow. that part of discipline that you're saying na we're able to do these things. I am able to go to church every day and you know that time that I need to wake up. Mm-hmm. No. Don't tell me it's the first mass because that's extreme. Yeah, it's 6.30. It is a <laughs> yeah. Wow. Uh, but, but going to school is a different story, you know. I'm usually yeah. late for class because I attend the mass. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you ask for forgiveness ahead of time, like, Lord, forgive me because I will be late for my first class. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, on the academic side, naman, I think I feel like having different phases of my academic life then because as a student. Mm. In my elementary days, I was always an academic achiever, you know, joining mm. a lot of business, winning, being in the top 10 students in our class. Mm. But in high school, it's kind of different because it's more competitive. So instead of being an academic achiever, I focus naman more on the extracurricular activities. I was very uh. active in school organizations and I've been an officer in a lot of them. So parang I feel like na I always want to do something. No, it's either academic or extracurricular. I need to to make myself busy. And in college naman, there was no longer any competition na, di ba? You're only concerned about your personal life, your progress, everything mm-hmm. is individualized. To the point na, hindi din naman ako purely disciplined all the time. No, I even had some failing grades in college. I actually cross-enrolled twice. One in your college. No? Oh, of course. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, I had classes there for... Uh, I think world literature. I also mm. cross enrolled at the National Teachers College, no, Saligarda. Wow. For principles of teaching. I don't know. I guess baka napagud ako nung time na yon of uh, always uh, being competitive, always looking for something to do. Yeah. But of course, it didn't end there. What I'm saying is that I've not always been this type of a disciplined person that you're saying. Mm. No, it's fine. I mean, we we do have to experiment and we have to discover ourselves mm-hmm. at, at one point. I mean, I had a massive, massive, you know, discovery session when I was younger, but I found my path and that's what I want to, and all the kids, you know, at the end of the day, I always say this, right? You know, allow yourself to make mistakes, discover, enjoy life. And I'm glad I did that very early in my life because when I found a path, it was straight at that point. You know, mm-hmm. I did all the kalokohan in, uh, possible. You know, I tried a lot of things that I shouldn't be trying. But there are things that you just don't cross. And this is where the values come in. So first off, my mom always says, don't do drugs. Never done that. So, uh, okay, I'll be drinking sometimes. I will yossi sometimes. Mm-hmm. But I'm glad I'm, I'm, I'm cold turkey now. And I don't drink at all as much, as much as possible during these times. But I tried it. So it's something that's in the books that I realized, ah, it's not my job, right? I, I'm okay with that. And then I realized, okay, shit, I, I, I like doing this entrepreneurship thing very early, still in college. And yeah, I'm still on it now. It just fits like a glove because I already ticked off all these things I, want, I, I, I should have tried. And I didn't cross the line where I could have fucked my life up. 
right? For you, I want to understand now because you said early on you had a clear path that you wanted to go into mm-hmm. to priesthood. Mm-hmm. But how did you fall into the path of education instead? Yeah, because you know, I was supposed to enroll in a seminary. Mm-hmm. It's like uh, before a college, I guess fate did not want me to become a priest because on the schedule of my seminary interview, okay. it was uh, my final examination day in my high school CAT class. Okay. So I wasn't able to make it. So, and, you were doing uh, squat trash instead of <laughs> rosaries. Yeah, it's uh, an unholy thing to do. <laughs> and, uh, immediately, the week after, one of my classmates invited me to join him in applying in UST. And I saw from the brochure that there's this degree under EDUC that says religious education there. And I said, this is not bad. Maybe I can try this out and later I can just have my subjects credited in the seminary after college if they still want to do it. But yeah. of course, uh, it didn't work out that way because I eventually love being in the education space, teaching instead of becoming a preacher. And now, uh, yeah, you know, I'm married. I have my own family and I already accepted that religious life is not actually my thing. Mm-hmm. No, I, okay. So now you got into education. What is it about education that you fall in love with? Because again, here's one thing. For you to do this, and this is why I respect teachers a lot, mm-hmm. you will not thrive and you will not do this for a very long time if you do not love it. Because mm-hmm. there's so many ways for you. It's like, you know what? This pasaway guy is not worth it. You know why? why? It, it's not. There are a lot of things that you can encounter in teaching mm-hmm. that will just say, you know what? This is not worth it at all. And I think the one thing that fuels you, correct me if I'm wrong, I might be wrong, is love. You just love it. If it, it's something that you don't love, you'll always find a way to not do it. You know, every teacher's day, we hear that the term says that says that teaching is a passion. And I thought that's just a, something that's really cheesy. Mm-hmm. But when I already became a teacher, it hits differently pala. Yeah. Totoo pala that you fall in love with teaching and uh, whenever you see a student excelling and you somehow contributed to the achievement of that student, parang you feel so accomplished. Shut up, no? Yeah. And uh, that's uh, maybe what I liked about teaching, that you have around 50 students in a class. You have eight classes per day. So you have 400 students and those 400 students will have their own achievements and you somehow contributed to their successes. Mm. So maybe that's the thing that I love there. Right. But were, was there any doubt at the start or somewhere in the middle, I guess, that was like, all right, okay, I, I still want to be in seminary, but I'm here. And you have like imposter syndrome. I'm, I'm now trying to be a teacher, but I know, you know, God is calling me to do the holy things that he wants me to do. Yeah. You know, it's not much different, man, because what I'm teaching is also religious education. And I'm doing it without... A lot of restrictions because you know, yes. about there are a lot of things celibacy and all these yeah. things. Mm-hmm. Oh, I get to teach religion, but I also get to enjoy my personal life. There, you still have a missus at home. Oh, there, okay, yeah, mm-hmm. there you go. Okay, sounds good. So now let's let's proceed to okay, you went to education. Walk me through your first classes and how did you become a full on teacher and how hard was the hustle? Of being a teacher, explain this because obviously, if it this it wasn't personal to you, mm-hmm. you wouldn't want to solve this problem in your startup. So yeah, describe that please. Yeah, you know, I remember my uh, 
first year of teaching. But before that, you know, the funny story is, is, is that even before I graduated from college, I was already hired by the first school where I worked at. Ah, so I where? Already St. Joseph College in Cavite City also. Nice. So I already completed the hiring process. I did my demo teaching, my employment interview, and I already signed my job offer in the contract around January of that year. Mm. But I am still to graduate three months later in April. Wow. And I remember <laughs> one of my professors in college, the same professor that failed me in his class, told me, are you even sure that you will be graduating? And I told him that, it's what I call motivation because mm. now there is more reason for me to force myself into graduating no matter what. Yeah. So I remember that during my first year of teaching, my principal asked me to teach other subjects, not just religious education. Because yeah. siguro, when you were in grade one, you remember that your teacher for math is also your teacher for science, Araling Palipunan, even for physical education, things that you don't really specialize in. And yeah. my principal asked me to teach cooking under TLE. So I, I'm specializing <laughs> in religious education. I don't know anything about cooking at all. Ako yung unang tinalamsika ng mantika no, in the class. My students know better. Uh, what the so, hell? Oh my God. So, dun ko na-realize that, well, teachers need to do a lot of research, do a lot of preparation before doing these things. No, and what's funny also during that time, because only a, uh, a few people have actually taken the course that I took up in college and that in the eyes of accreditation bodies like uh, Paasco or Pakokol, mm-hmm. you've heard those agencies. Yeah, I've heard it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For them, teachers, most especially department heads, will only be considered qualified for the position if they graduated from the exact same course that they're having. Mm-hmm. Or unless, siempre, priests or nuns yung humahawak ng position because that's religious education. So that right, time, right. right after graduation, no? Mm-hmm. Yung contract na pinirman ko doon, uh, actually before graduation, okay. was already assigned to be the head of the religious education department. Oh <laughs> Little did they know that you had a wound from Talsik ng Mantika. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And uh, oh you know, I was just a 20-year-old teacher that time who just graduated from college and I am yet to, te- to take my board exam kasi board exam is in September pa. Classes start in June. So, yeah. well, I only handled a small team of uh, about five teachers that time because mm. uh, these are the ones who are teaching religion even if they specialize in other subject areas. Mm. But for some reason, there were more than enough teachers kasi nga, eh, no, na teaching math, science, and English. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Ito yung sa kanila. So, the problem is that most of these teachers were my former teachers as well because I studied elementary oh in the same school. Oh my God. And now I am their head. So, paano ko sila pasusunurin? So, it was actually very challenging for me Okay. to lead the department. And I must say that I was able to test my leadership skills there yeah. early on. And that's a, that's a challenge for a lot of people who, I guess, are ahead of their gr- growth curve. At one point mm-hmm. in your career, whether it's through business, I had the same problem when I was starting out when Party File, remember? Like, I'm this, what, 23, 24-year-old guy. And I'm trying to interview people who are 28, 29, 30 years old. Mm-hmm. And I remember doing interviews, job interviews. And I'm the one who was hella nervous. Mm-hmm. So I felt like, why am I interviewing guy, a guy that, and even when some of them, I got, I got to hire them, the way I try to delegate, I feel like I'm walking on eggshells because I feel like, oh my God, this guy's is older. But you have to get uh-huh. over that hump on yourself because it will show. Mm-hmm. It will reflect in your work. It would reflect on the culture that you try to build. And also, people are actually testing you. Mm-hmm. If you look like and act like your age, then 
people are going to take advantage of that and you're not going to be successful in what you're trying to do. How did you break over that barrier? Yeah, initially, sempre, uh, it's like uh, imposter syndrome. <laughs> yeah, mega. Who am I to, to lead these teachers, tell them how to teach these things when, in fact, they are the ones who taught me this diba, years ago. But what made me confident that time is that I graduated from this subject. Mm. No, This is my major. And if there is anyone here who knows more about this subject mm. in this group, maybe it's me. And uh, they were very open of, no? Parang ano lang pala, uh, pinapangunahan ko lang yung sarili ko that I think that it's hard for me to lead them, hindi sila makikinig, but they are really open to that. And they are also the ones who are reminding me, correcting me if ever that I'm already crossing the line. Na, kasi, of course, sa teachers, no, napakalaking concept yung respect. Yes. Especially for the Seniority. senior teachers. Mm. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, in the same time, so they learn about the subject from me because mm. I graduated from that course, but I also learned from their experiences. Nung pinakita ko yung, yung ganong klase ng working relationship namin, we were able to get through. Uh, yeah. That is amazing. All right, now let's take our first break and when we come back, we will now do a deep dive of what it takes to be a teacher, right? And the hustle behind it. And the, because at the end of the day, if this problem got super, super annoying, I now understand why you wanted to solve it. Mm-hmm. But before we try to solve it, let's understand how that works. But let's talk about that more after the break. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Hey guys, I have a very, very exciting opportunity I want to share with you guys. If you're a B2B startup founder, listen up. Your ticket to growth is here. Introducing Impact24, the Philippines' largest B2B SaaS challenge. Calling all startups in their pre-launch, pre-seed, or seed stages. This is your chance to accelerate their growth. Submit your pitch to Impact24 and get ready for a 10-week intensive program to elevate your solution. What's in it for you? How about up to 500,000 pesos in MVP project support, exclusive credits from industry partners, personalized mentoring, and a shot to pitch at SASCON PH, the country's biggest SAS conference this April. But yo, you gotta hurry up because submissions close on January 26, 2024 already. Don't miss out on this opportunity to take your startup to new heights. Apply now at saschallenge.ph that's sasschallenge.ph. And good luck, and I'll see you guys in Impact 24.
And we're back from the break. We are still with Sir Justin Itugot, who told us, who taught us the sacrament of anointing of the sick. There you go. Because we're all sick in the head right now. Or <laughs> sick of our startup. Or sick because of our startup. No, but again, yeah. I, 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 I studied in USC high school. And that's one of the most extreme and religious. I, I, the, the sacraments, I, you know, the stuff that I learned in USD's high school for religion, I still carry about that. Basic things like I cringe, and this is what USD instilled in me. I cringe at people receiving the body of Christ every Sunday without going through a confession. Because I know by the rules, you shouldn't be getting that thing if you are unpure and you don't, if you have sins stained all over your body. That's correct, right? Am I, am I yeah, correct? Oh, correct. Boom. So all of you guys who are getting con- the body of Christ, yeah, the Ostia, you are go- see you in hell with me. <laughs> just kidding, just kidding. But no, those little things that uh, I remember, these are instilled with us in great detail. Now, the details are exactly why teaching is so hard. So again, so you now get to be the department head, right? Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure there's a lot of things that you study that will carry over. But there's nothing that can fully prepare you for the grind. Mm-hmm. Walk me through, Justin, on the details of how hard it is to become a teacher. Let Describe to me a typical teaching day of a teacher. Yeah. So typical teaching day. So that starts with the flag ceremony, of course. No, no, no. Well, before ba, like the grind, like some people have to go to, how early do you have to wake up yeah. just to get to school? Yeah. So I usually wake up no when I well, for teaching I prepare myself around 5 a.m. 5 a.m. Yeah, and there's in uh, the schools where I worked at before there was a daily mass then because you still did the mass thing. Oh my god! <laughs> because I'm the head of the religious ah, education you cannot, department. You cannot, not, okay. mm-hmm. oh, so that's around oh, 6 30. Then after that, uh, wait, of course, at 5 a.m. Did you even get to eat breakfast at that time, or you come to, no, to church? I, you know, uh, most of the teachers don't eat breakfast. So you what? see them, diba, maximizing their time in school. Minsan may dalang coffee pa yan sa loob ng classroom. Man. Because uh, it's really hard. Eh. Parang di mo na maisingit sa oras mo. Oh so usually, in between classes, minsan natataka yung mga studyante, ang late si teacher or ang aga niya nag-dismiss. Because kung niya isisingit, yung mga personal necessities niya, even eating a quick uh, breakfast, Wow. So yeah, that's the problem there. Then, yeah, flag ceremony. Then after that, we go straight to our classes. And usually, that's the hardest thing to do eh. Na magturo ka na walang breakfast, walang coffee, parang wala ka pang energy. That's why my morning teachers are all bad trip with me. Because I'm almost Yeah, gutom sila lahat. <laughs> oh my God. Wow. Yeah. And especially, the 7 a.m. class is usually the practice class. Kasi hmm. dyan test ng teachers lahat nung pinrepair nilang lessons. Kasi uulit-ulitin na lang nila yon every hour yan. Hanggang Correct. sa dulo. Diba? Even the jokes, diba? They test it dun sa 7 a.m. class. Kaka, <laughs> hindi nag-work yung joke, papalitan na nila yun. Okay. Yeah. No, but how many classes are we talking about? So typically, because again, I in my, where I studied in in grade school, it was a, was this non-sectarian and progressive. So I only had like three to four classes. And when I got to USD, holy shit, it was a, it was a shock. I studied uh-huh. the same subjects every day almost. 
right? One yeah. hour intervals and all that. And mm-hmm. I remember we had probably around seven, eight subjects uh, yeah, a day. Kasi, yeah, maybe full load because for a student, three right. minutes per subject is around the uh, four to six classes. Yeah, but uh, on, uh, from a teacher's point of view, you said you're going to repeat all of these things on the hour. Yeah. How many classes are we talking about per day? So what's the average working hours, ba, di ba? Eight hours. Eight uh, hours. And usually classes are just uh, an hour. So for an average school, especially private school, a teacher would handle about six to eight classes per day. Wow. Oh, yeah. And they need to have the same level of energy from the first period yes. up to their last period. Oh, yeah. my God. And that's really tiring. Plus, pag uwi pa nila sa bahay, they need to prepare instructional materials for the next day. Check papers. Check yung mga papers, di ba? Tapos, there are students who complain when the teacher asks them to check their own papers. Sabihin nila, oh, we're, you're getting paid to do that. Then why are we the ones oh checking the papers? God. And they, that's a cycle. Every day, teachers would have to do that. No? Five times a week for 10 months because 10 months yung buong school year. Then only get two months vacation. Pero yung two months vacation na yun, nandyan lahat ng recognition, graduation, computation of grades, in-service trainings, and enrollment, preparing for the new school year. Okay, walk me through the the stresses and the hustles because I know this happens in the faculty room, right? Mm-hmm. What are the yeah. typical problems that, you know, again, we as students, you don't really see this because it can sound like a dichotomy. Ah, it's us against the teachers. And especially now in this day and age where parents really fight teachers, I heard. Oh, why are you failing my, 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 my son and my daughter is mabait? You suck as a teacher, right? But walk me through because now I feel really guilty. So I was such an idiot making fun of my te- some of my teachers and being a Pasaway student, being a class clown, right? But I want to understand the typical, you know, problems that teachers have to go through that we never get exposed to that happens and gets talked about in the faculty room. Mm-hmm. Yeah, as you mentioned, dealing with parents... <laughs> So that's one of the hardest thing to do because parents have a different expectation of what should happen inside the classroom when in fact they don't see the side of their children kapag sila ay nasa loob ng classroom. Iba yung student usually kapag siya ay nasa bahay. So most of the time teachers are conferring with other teachers about the status of a particular student, no? Ito yung usually na nangyayari during our break times. So is Benchong really an idiot? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, true. Ganyan, ganyan, ganyan. So, you know, na may mga teachers talaga na kadalasan hybrid na sila when they are inside the faculty room because something <laughs> happened inside the classroom and they are confirming with other teachers, talaga bang ganito, itong student na ito. So, you'll only see two types of teachers in the faculty room. Yung laging mainit na yung ulo okay. and the other one, natutulog. Kasi, waiting oh advantage God. of the break time. Na pag mo, everything will be a big deal to them. Kasi, yeah, they're trying to to cope up, to recuperate, diba? Wow. Ano pa ba? Well, you'll also see teachers na talagang parang laging, ano na, stressed, no? Yeah. Sabi nga nila, in the faculty room, lahat, no, pinag-aaway ng mga teachers, even yung nawawalang suklay. Not because they are mad at their co-teachers, but because dun lang nila nailalabas yung stresses yeah, pent-up energy and, yeah. Mm-hmm. And sometimes, hindi nila magawa inside the classroom because there are lots of child protection policy. Diba? So, they uh, do it inside the faculty room. So, as a teacher, you will also learn how to cope not only with your students, but with your... Yeah, there's politics involved as well. You know, people want yeah. promotion and all that. 
wow, holy shit. I, I just, everything just flash, flashing back to me. And uh-huh. I feel so guilty now mm-hmm. having to, especially during high school. So because college, I was a good kid. I was a, a leader at that point. So I was being helpful to a lot of my teachers when I became a student leader. But my God. But last question before we talk about the rest of your career. When those things happen where, okay, it sounds so terrible that I don't even want to go that. And I, I'm going through through a lot of hustle in, in being an entrepreneur. But the upside of entrepreneurship is if you get it right, you're going to get compensated nicely. And you got you get your time back, right? Ah. Here, it feels like you're you're going to get stuck and you're going to be wasting the prime of your life going through the same cycle, working with ungrateful students who don't even think of you, where you really put your heart and soul. What goes in the faculty room in terms of rallying people together? Because it's like, it feels like it's shared misery. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Walk me through the sarap moments where teachers feed off of each other to keep going. Because... I see so many teachers that also spend their whole life, 20, 30, 40 years teaching, right? It shouldn't be just all this bad, bad part. There should be a setup moment there. There's triumph where that's what fuels them to keep going. What are those? Well, some students would say na chismisan daw yung buhay sa mga teachers. Well, talking about the lives of their students. No, no they're just talking about the the progress and the performance of their students. Well, just like what you've said, diba, napaka busy na nila. Karamihan pa nga, diba, they're not able to get married at all because they're no. so dead. Uh, no time to landi. Where job. will you landi? Diba? Yeah, and lagi mainit ang ulo, so... <laughs> <laughs> Paano? Yeah. So, I guess that shared experience, talking about those shared experience, acknowledging that the experience of a new teacher is not something that is uh, isolated to him or her. Mm. So, parang doon nagkakaroon ng bonding moments si mga teachers. So, halimbawa, sabihin, oh, ito pa lang si Beit Yong, eh, ganitong klase ng estudyante. Malaman mo that it's not just in your class that he is doing <laughs> that thing. Di ba? Parang, I feel so relieved na hindi pala ako yung may failure dito as a teacher. No, Parang ganun kadalasan. He's really just an idiot. There <laughs> No, but you'll also get from other uh, teachers kung ano yung ginawa nila to manage that situation. Mm. And you get to apply it also in your own class. So, I guess, talagang ganun, karamihan talaga ng nangyayari sa teaching ay puro kwentuhan. Unlike in the corporate world, di ba, after work usually, bar, di ba, beer. Mm. Ako, mm. I only learned to drink when I was already in the startup world. There you <laughs> go. Both <laughs> the networking events, di ba? Yeah, they have that. after party. Mm-mm. Kasi sa teachers, wala din kaming time to meet together after class because mm. we need to prepare. So most of the time talaga, it's the sharing of experiences, validating that this experience is not only to me but also for other teachers. Now, you'll also hear then na ito, itong studyanting ito, ganitong klase siya nung nag-aaral pa siya but tignan mo siya ngayon. Usually, the senior oh, teachers... Oh, ma'am, it, you. it's worth it. Thank you everybody from USD High School, USD Pay High. Yeah. You made me better. Oh, ha? There you go. So, ganun, ganun sila mag-isip doon. And everything na, na na-experience mo, the frustrations that you've had, yung stress na yon, everything gets erased when you see that there are students who have these types of success stories. Mm. No? And lahat yun nagbabago from the moment of graduation. Yung mga estudyante na ang tingin natin ungrateful, nagiging grateful sila. And whenever they see you, 
parang they are looking at a saint. Yes. Uh, ba? Siguro, I, I know it happened to you. Kasi I've watched their episode before sa, sa final pitch, di ba? I think you contacted one of your former yeah. teachers that no, That's our guidance counselor. Guidance counselor. You develop a good relationship with them after you graduate because they see something in you na hindi din nakikita even inside your home. So they know you uh, maybe I don't know if we should call it they know you better. Yeah. No ko sa suki ko sa episode nga. So they understand you. Yeah. There. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. Wow. Okay. Again, just full circle. I love this episode already. We're not even done yet. We're not even talking about Cerebro and that's what we're going to be yeah. talking about next. So now we understand the problem so deeply. Mm-hmm. Right? Now Walk me through the, the next stages of your career. So now I see you're head of publications in in, yeah. in Tavite, and then you we taught in Perps. I want to understand two things. So you said you had a family business. Is this the moment where you were also running the business already, and at the same time teaching as well? Is that the phase of your life that was happening here? Yeah, because my father, but I told you that separated anong mother ko. So he went uh, to his family na uh, in the US. So nobody was there to take over the business. So I need to step up while also teaching on the side. Mm, uh, my balikad, God. Palano, I'm teaching full time, doing business on the side. But you know, it's very hard to do it that way. So parang sa akin, I did both full time. Oh so my God. I devoted talaga days of the week na I would need to go to the printing press to oversee what happens there. And usually, yung mga staff naman namin doon, they are machine operators, admin assistants. So, yung dealing with clients is a different thing na usually, that's not within their level. So, I also needed to do both. So, it's really, it's very challenging for me. But somehow, I saw how rewarding business could be. Mm. So, siguro doon nagsimula na unti-unti, nag-transition ako from teaching to doing business full-time. What are the things that carry over from teaching into business? And what are the things you loved about business that made you fall in love that, okay, this is something that I want to do in the future? You know, ang talaga nakikita ko that I carried over from teaching to business is the way I handle people. Maybe students. No? Parang ang tingin mo lagi, studyante mo yung mga staff mo ngayon. Parang ganun din. That's the culture that we have in Cerebro actually. Well, they understand because they are also teachers. About 75% of our team are also teachers. They understand na parang it's like a senior teacher dealing with junior teachers. And it's always a learning experience. So parang walang samaan ng loob sa mga nangyayari. They know, you know that kapag ka, ito yung gusto mangyari ng leader mo, it's like a, a learning experience for you. It's like their way of training you. So yon managing people, managing people with different character, different attitudes. No? So, yeah, that's something that I brought there. Of course, bukod pa, the industry knowledge that I've mm. gained from teaching, I've learned about the situation so much that we're able to apply it in Cerebro. All right. What are those things, man, that was fresh that you had to learn, especially during this phase where you're running your printing press and, again, being a teacher, right? What are those things that are very new that you had to learn on the fly doing business? Ah, ito yung pagka medyo napagod ka. Kasi in teaching, alimbawa, napagod ka, you can slow down a bit. You can take a Snooze. little access. Mm-hmm. Ah, yeah. Ask your substitute teacher to take over some classes for you, di ba? Pero sa business, wala. As a businessman, <laughs> if you do that, then maraming umaasa sa'yo, hindi lang sarili mo yung maapektuhan. 
Yeah. So that's the thing that I learned. So you cannot actually take a break. Nope. So oh, there's no yeah. such thing as a break. Yeah, everything will fall apart if you do that. Even if you, for example, ba in school, kung ikaw a teacher, tapos you think na hindi ka ready humarap doon sa isang parent na may complaint, you can ask your principal to represent you to that parent. But in business, no. You need to deal with your clients personally. You need to speak to your suppliers, whatever problems or difficulties yung kanilang kinuha-complain. You need to face it and you need to provide solutions. Unlike being a teacher, well, everything is already structured. There are already laid out policies for everything. So, sundin mo na lang. So, in business, you need to, to figure those things out. And as the leader of that business, wala kang makukuha na there is nobody higher than you to ask. Maybe that's also the reason why I joined a lot of startup programs, accelerations, incubators. Got it. Now, okay, this is where I think the crossroads happen. You go to PERPS in, in, to, to teach again. And this time, it also coincided with you running your bookstore and publishing house. Is this still, is this still the, the, the yeah. dad business? Okay, and it's still running till now, right? But I want to now understand, while you were teaching in PERPS, the idea of Cerebro already happened. So walk me through what pushed you and why. how did you even get exposed to the tech startup ecosystem? Because, I mean, I, I, I have not seen this much. Actually, I don't, I've never seen it at all from the education sector that you go straight into tech startups, right? I didn't know you had a religious background, so it's more extreme now. I thought you were like, like IT and all that. But man, this is so, so unique. I love it. Walk me through that discovery phase of why you wanted to solve this problem using technology and what was the first idea of Cerebro? Yeah, you know, since I graduated from UST and you know that in UST, we were very much acquainted already with ELIP, right? mm, UST mm. e-learning access program that time. We were fortunate to have experienced uh, e-learning in its early days, even before the term synchronous or asynchronous classes were invented. And I was amazed that we had our fully online NSTP classes, di ba? Kasi, I know, we were around the same time then in mm-hmm. uh, online ang NSTP. And it became something that I always wanted to have when I was already teaching. And I knew that it made everyone's lives easier, not only on the student side, because as a student, di ba, you can read your lessons, submit your assignments, answer your quizzes and the like. But on the teacher side, I noticed that the people who were actually facilitating our NSTP classes that time are not actually teachers by profession but they were still able to facilitate classes with the help of technology and you might be surprised a lot of teachers in the field are actually like that diba na they come from maybe an industry practice tapos they shifted to teaching so ako naman i uh, my experience is that i was assigned to teach other subject areas beyond religious education ah this is not cooking just a again. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So this is not just a problem that I've experienced in perpetual, but even from the first school oh, where yeah. I uh, taught. So I longed for that type of a technology similar to what we used in USD. And I remember myself on my first year of teaching also, okay. walking towards the office of our school directress, knocking on the door and asking her if she could allow me to have access to our school's physical web server so I can set up an e-learning platform for the school. Well, she allowed me. She gave me access to the server, but now I only have one problem read, uh, left. And as you mentioned, right? my How major is... 
Do you ask for divine intervention? Lord, give me the coding skills to do this. Yeah, <laughs> I remember myself talaga praying that time kasi pinayagan ako. So, may expectation. May, may ina-expect na sila. And diba, YouTube oh, tutorials were not yet a thing that time. Walang mga Indian YouTuber to, to tell you what to do. So, I actually end up doing a lot of research na lang, reading a lot of books like the yellow ones that you see in National Bookstore, building yep, website yep. for dummies. Yep. Yeah, and uh, looked into some open source platforms, web hosting sites, and I was surprised, no? Meron pala dong mga one-click setup, and marami na resources. So, in a few weeks, we were able to work on it. So, with the help of our IT technician noon, we were able to set up the school's e-learning platform wow. uh, that's already up and uh, running. Now, but of course, encouraging other teachers to use that platform was a different... Ah, uh, uh, yeah. 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 Ako, personally, I uploaded all my teaching materials and quizzes there. So that's from the, the first year pa lang ng, te- ng pagtuturo. I'm already doing that. Wow. But for the other teachers, they don't want to create digital materials anymore because in reality, a teacher can handle an entire lesson with only a whiteboard marker in their Correct, hand. correct. They don't need digital materials. They don't need an LMS. And it's hard to break those old habits, especially if, say, you're an older teacher. Like, if it ain't broke, don't fix it, right? And they teach the way they were taught. Their exactly. teachers in the 1960s, 1980s have been doing it that way. Correct. Diba? Yeah. So, talagang doon nagsimula siya. No? Talagang yung implementation was really a challenge. Then, as I moved to continue my career in other schools, since I already knew that I have some experience in e-learning, they assigned me to also be the focal person in e-learning. Even for San Sebastian, mm. while being the head of publications, they assigned me to handle e-learning. I also trained teachers during the time that they were transitioning from physical textbooks to e-books na tablet. Diba? That was a thing uh, a few years back. And yeah. I was among the teachers who prepared them for that transition. Then, my co-teachers and I had this idea of starting an after-school tutorial center when I was in San Sebastian. By the way, that's the time that we first used the name Cerebro for mm. the tutorial center. Why Cerebro? Because here's what I know about, okay, being the geek that I am. I, okay, yeah, that is Professor X's uh, machine that allows him to detect all the u- mutants around the world. That's Cerebro uh-huh. to me. It's like, whoa, is this the same machine that we're talking about? Why, why did you call it Cerebro? You know, Cavite City, if you've been to our place, the Spanish influence here is... Uh, yes, I, correct. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, and Cerebro is the Spanish term for brain. So, so since uh, that is a tutorial center, we are in the field of education, we use the term Cerebro. And even na, up to now, you can see people here speaking Chavacano. So it's not only in Sambuanga, even in Cavite City. They speak I did so not far. know this. Wow. Yeah, there's a specific Hola. district here in Cavite City, they speak mm-hmm. Chavacano. So, yeah, and more students learned about our uh, tutorial center. There were students who were coming to us to undergo tutorial sessions in some subjects where our current set of teachers do not really specialize in. So our work around that time was to ask our fellow teachers from the school, San Sebastian, to share with us some resources about the topics where the teachers enrolling in our center are needing assistance. And we compiled everything in a desktop computer Later on, we transferred everything into Google Drive. And that was actually the starting point of what would eventually become Cerebro now. Mm. So this collection of contents. And since it is there that we realized that there is an actual need for solutions addressing problems like this, and potentially there could be some 
good business opportunity here as well kasi I'm also doing na yung business no? yeah Father. yeah so you have the you so, have the idea already how to maximize it yeah so I regroup with some teachers whom I believe uh, can help me in preparing resources for different subjects place okay. everything in an e-learning platform did a pilot test in our own classes first then when we started getting good results in terms of uh, reducing our workload ourselves personally kami mismo gumaan yung buhay namin making the teaching and learning process more efficient, then I started studying how to make a good business out of it. Mm. Now, okay, last question before we take our first break. I mean, last break. I want to understand, okay, so you have this, You valid. this is technically validation, what you did, right? You validated that the, the problem exists and it's not just yours and you created a product. How did that turn into a startup idea where you said, all right, let's turn this into a tech startup. How did you get exposed to that? Yeah, fortunately, by the time, that I started thinking how to transform the first version of Cerebro into an actual business on its own. I was able to come across someone who graduated from the Idea Space program who did a vlog about her experiences in Ooh. Idea Space. Steph Oi from Brookie. Wow, okay. Yeah, I told her about this. Uh, that actually, she also won in one of the seasons of the final pitch. Eh. Yep, yep. Yeah, and since then, I became curious about startups, so I researched more about incubation and acceleration programs, and I myself ended up applying in the next batch of the Idea Space Acceleration Program, nice. where I fortunately got accepted. Nice. So, you know, and it started from there. That's amazing. All right, now let's take our last break, and when we come back, we will now talk about from Cerebro being an idea to going to Idea Space all the way to how much... You have grown being echelon and all these things. Well, let's talk about that more after the break. Hey, Hustlers, it's time to talk business once again. And we're excited to share a bit more info about our sponsors, Sprout Solutions. And again, just like what I said at the start of the episode, you should check out Sprout's Payroll Starter as you grow your own startup. Because this bundle that they have is literally what you need to take your startup to the next level as you grow your employees. And this bundle is your key to freedom, including payroll outsourcing to experts, a subscription to timekeeping and attendance software, and government compliance services. Sprout's Payroll Starter has you covered for payroll, BIR, SSS, and taxes. All the stuff that no founder loves to do. So let Sprout handle the busy work and say goodbye to lines and tax payment stress. All this for as low as 5,000 pesos. Again, that's just 5,000 pesos all in for your payroll and HR needs. So visit sprout.eh payroll-starter-monthly-5k or again, just click the link in the description box of this episode to elevate your business management game. And again, big thank you to Sprout Solutions liberating your time for what truly matters. Hey Hustlers, wish there was an easy way to open a bank account and grow your money without the hassle of lengthy application process and income documents? Well, I got good news because today's sponsor, Uno Digital Bank, is here to help you achieve your financial goals. You can easily open an account with the Uno app in just five minutes and one valid ID. And as one of the six digital banks licensed by the Banco Central ng Pilipinas, the company is committed to providing customers with simpler, better, and more accessible banking. 
Last year, Uno Bank was recognized by the Asia Banking and Finance Awards and bagged the title Open Banking Initiative of the Year due to the success of its partnership with Gcash, one of the Philippines' leading mobile wallet platforms. And with the Uno mobile app, you can access an hashtag UnoReady savings account and enjoy daily interest crediting. With their hashtag UnoEarn or hashtag UnoBoost time deposit accounts, you can enjoy a high interest rate of up to 6.5% per annum. Enjoy monthly payouts with hashtag UnoEarn and flexible tenors with hashtag UnoBoost. Other app features include pay bills, the Uno Virtual Debit MasterCard, life insurance, scan and pay with QRPH, and phones. And the one thing that I really love about Uno Digital Bank is they're open to collaborate with a lot of Filipino startups. I've had a chance to see the partnerships that they've had lined up with the startups that they have, and it's truly exciting to see how a digital bank like Uno can enable startups to unlock the power of fintech through digital banking. So if you're ready to elevate your banking experience, download the Uno mobile app today from the Google Play Store or App Store. Or if you want to collaborate with them, I'll be happy to give you an intro. Just shoot us an email at hello at huffleshare.com. Hey, hustlers, I hope you're having a great 2024 so far. As you know, a lot of startups had a very challenging 2023, and hopefully things are going to do better this year for a lot of us. Not just because it's the year of the dragon, but also because our sponsor, Dragon Pay, is here to help your startups process payments in the most efficient way. Established in 2010, Dragon Pay empowers businesses of all sizes to accept and disperse payments through secure and convenient channels, giving your customers the flexibility to choose the payment method that suits them best. With over 85 partner channels, 35,000 partner branches nationwide, including QRPH, e-wallets, crypto, buy now, pay later, and many more. They also process an astonishing 15 million transactions processed globally each month. Dragon Pay is your trusted choice for online payments. And here's something to show you how legit Dragon Pay is. Dragon Pay was named FinTech of the Year at last year's Philippine FinTech Festival in 2023. So let's make 2024 extra prosperous for you and your startup in this year of the Dragon. For more details, head on over to dragonpay.ph. That's dragonpay.ph. Trust the pioneer, trust Dragon Pay. And we're back from the break. We are still with Justin Itugot, who's no longer just Sir Justin, okay? <laughs> He's founder Justin now because he then joined Idea Space uh, at that point. Now, I want to understand, okay, another fish out of water experience. You joined Idea Space, and a lot of it, the people that join Idea Space, it's typically their first foray into the startup <laughs> world. And that's, that's going to shock the system out of you. You know, because like, oh my God, what am I doing here? Mega imposter syndrome again, right? Walk me through. Okay, because again, you validated your idea. Great. And that's probably why you got into the, the, the cohort, right? Mm-hmm. Once you get in there, it's a whole nother beast that you're going to have to battle with. Walk me through the experience of having to build your team, building your MVP and all these things. Stuff that you do in the idea space incubator. Mm-hmm. Yeah, actually, even though I got accepted in the program already, I uh, really felt that it was like a grueling experience for those who are just starting <laughs> in the world of startups. Yeah. So I resorted to watching more videos on YouTube, like those from Slidebean, mm. uh, if you're familiar with that. And that's also the time when I came across 
your hustle share episode with Dayani Stakio. Uh, oh, with Miss D. Yes. Startups. Because, mm-hmm. you know, I almost cried in our weekly check-in sessions thinking that she has a very high set of standards. Uh, and she was really hard for us. Yun yung pangiramdam ko eh. <laughs> so, I listened talaga to that episode to get a feel of what really expects. To She's the nicest person, man. I swear. Yeah, yeah. She's just probably yeah. intense at work. But man, she is the ni- one of the nicest people that I know. Yeah. I also uh, realized that, no, na especially on the early stages, the pre-acceleration phase, uh, ganun talaga. So they will push you to your limits so they can see the needle move in your startup. Right. Kasi, to, eh, if you don't do it, if you don't move the needle, lahat ng umaasa sa'yo, mawawalan din. And if you wing the validation part, MVP part, everything that comes after just is falls apart. Yeah. Yes, yeah. yes. And, uh, you know, after idea space, a lot of doors really opened for us. So mm-hmm. I already had a small team with me that time okay. from the grant that we have received from idea space. Okay. And I was able to get a co-founder who also nice. happens to be my uncle. Nice. Since uh, he was already so immersed in startups already. He previously worked uh, as one of the directors for innovation for PLDT Smart. Later moved to fintech, but now he's back at Metro Pacific. You know? mm-hmm. uh, and I knew that he has a lot of experience to bring to the table. So okay. I asked him uh, to join me on board. Uh, and he's really able to set a very good strategic direction for our tech. Because, you know, I'm a teacher talaga by profession, yeah. not really into tech. Mm-hmm. And now we're able to build our own tech team because before nice. we were just a group of teachers who have very little knowledge on business, even less on technology. What were the hardest parts that you had to really learn again because again this is a constant journey of learning for you every single time you get into another thing again being a teacher cooking and all these things that you had to go through setting up the server and then baste it's another level up of what you've learned and every time you learn things get better but when when things get better there's a part where you're always going to be going through new pain that you've never had in the startup world Walk me through the hardest parts that you had to go through. Or are there things that you had to unlearn to do it? Because I asked this, Justin, because a lot of people, just like you at one point, will listen to this episode and it's like, shit, I'm just at that stage. Kaya ba? What are the things that I have to get rid of to prepare myself for the next phase? Because sometimes it's not your tech. It's not your team. It's actually you that's setting the, the, the limiting ceiling that you can, how you, you can possibly be. What were those for you? You know, one thing that I had as a teacher that I had to unlearn uh, in the world of startups was pride. Pride. <laughs> diba, as a teacher, you think you are the expert inside the classroom. Mm. You are the one who knows everything. But in the world of startups, in business, you are not. Diba? Before, before joining Idea Space, I thought that by just having a good product, everything will fall into place. Diba? People will like your product. They will buy it. No, but it's not like that pala. Mm-hmm. The validation that we had worked for us, for our group. But what made us think that it would also work for other teachers? So we just thought of, all, okay, let's add these features, 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 that we just came up with those features without actually doing validation if this is really the things that solve the problem. Mm-hmm. So I thought that as a teacher, being someone who has experienced teaching myself, knowing the problem, I can do this. No, but I had to validate if the problems that I'm experiencing are also the same problems that other teachers Correct. are facing. And are they willing to pay for it? There you mm. go. 
Yeah. And well, even if we're able to help teachers solve their workload problems, they're not the ones paying for it. Exactly. <laughs> so okay. how do we convince the school that this is the problem that your teachers are experiencing? And that's actually my oh. next question. So you saw the problem, but again, you, you mentioned it. Teacher is not going to uh-huh. pay for that, okay? Because some of them are selling to Sino to get to make ends meet, okay? Yeah. How did you get and validate that there is a market for a problem that you can solve? You already built it. Well, who is going to pay for uh, the thing? And what was the business model that you guys came up with? Yeah, it was actually a subscription model. So we charge on a per student uh, per month subscription. Got it. Uh, that I, we just basically patterned it from other similar uh, edtech products that are okay. available in the market. Now, we knew from idea space na rin, from our mentors there. So I remember specifically Mr. Manny Martinez telling us, this is a different customer segment right. that you need to convince. So there, you don't need to speak like a teacher because school administrators may not have been teachers themselves. You need to uh, go into the business impact. Yes. So we did our impact assessment survey. So we computed how much time teachers are actually able to save, how much reduction in terms of costs that we can provide by letting the teachers use Cerebro. And we started with that. That's where also I learned to prepare different sets of pitch decks. <laughs> it's different, <laughs> for, the teacher, it's different yeah. for the administrators and Correct. even for the parents because the parents will be the ones paying for it eventually because it's a tuition Correct. That's amazing. Now, okay, you, you go through all of these things, but again, it's not a straight line. There are going to be you know, waves that sweep you off your feet. What are those hardest parts? And again, it never ends. The, the more you go through it, and again, yeah, I talk about it here on Hustle Share. I talk about it in the new podcast on Founders Only. It just gets more complex as you go along because it's never a straight line. What were those biggest problems you had to overcome as you were trying to, again, validate customers, get more clients and all that? building a team, whatever. But I want to understand those things that really hit you hard as you went along and how did you solve it? Yeah. So we thought that being part of idea space talaga is an easy route for us. Kasi, di ba, I don't know if you remember, there was a time that they branded idea space as the YC of the Philippines. So <laughs> after <laughs> right. going to idea space, mataas ang tingin sa'yo ng uh, iba. But for school administrators, they don't know about idea space at all. Mm-hmm. Like, what's that? What is the idea space, Justin? Because the feeling after you finish the idea space, the experience mo na maybe the worst uh, acceleration program na in terms of ano, the experience. Because it it's really a grueling experience. And uh, I, well, I felt that there is still something that I need to learn even after joining IdeaSpace. So I thought joining other programs, incubation programs, acceleration programs will help me mm-hmm. with that. And I thought that as a graduate of IdeaSpace, it's easy for us to get in in all visa programs, but it's no. not. So actually, that time, I opted to join an incubator, of course, uh, because we are trying to apply now for the DOSC startup grant. Mm-hmm. So yeah, we used up the grant from Idea Space. Now we have an initial traction, but of course that's not enough to build our product nope. and to make it sustainable. Especially that uh, we are preparing for what will happen after the pandemic. Because the demand was high during mm. the pandemic. That uh, yeah. not only during the pandemic, but since we started around January 2020, it's the volcano eruption first. Oh wow! Uh, 
Yeah. So that's how I got acquainted with Thomasina Center in UST, which yep. was fairly new that time. They actually saw me pitch on Idea Spaces Demo Day. Ah. So we were actually part of the second batch of incubators for TIC, and uh, we are one of the only two startups eventually you know, who managed to graduate from the program. No. So actually, it took us three tries before we got, uh, finally got the funding from DOST. And Tomasino Center was under DOST that time. So wow. it's the graduate period. Yep. And uh, in all those three attempts, we actually reached the point of doing something like a thesis defense right, in front of a technical panel. Yep, yep. Which also included Diane Eustachio as the chairman of the panel. Who <laughs> <laughs> uh, was no longer with Ideaspace that time. Yep. Mm. Right. And... Yeah, and uh, there are also some people sitting in the same panel that I got to meet in the startup community like uh, Jason Sunshon, Alwin Rosel, Carlo Calimon. And yeah. they were really able to help us refine our proposal and make it yeah. a worthwhile project to work on. So for me, I never felt bad after being rejected for the first two tries because I treated it positively by thinking at least I got to hear expert opinion about how should I be doing things in my startup. Mm-hmm. So it was like having high-level consultancy services free of charge. Absolutely. So for me, uh, there was nothing to lose. So yon, not only in the DOS project, but for the other failures that we experienced in our startup, diba? experimenting a new pricing model, mm. experimenting a new business plan. So I learned how to sabi nga nila, fail fast and fail often. There you and go. Spoken again. like a true startup founder now. Amazing. And I've seen your metamorphosis as well. Again, I think I've met you prior in the DOST, uh, I mean DOST, USD Tomasino Center, because I'm one of the yeah. mentors there. And I've seen, oh my God, when you last pitch, the last pitch that I remember is like, Ooh, he, he sounds so legit now, right? So it sounds uh, like a real startup founder. And I knew you you were making a lot of progress. But again, the things that you do in an incubator is just practice. Mm-hmm. The real world is when you're starting to pitch investors outside and when you're starting to go for bigger and bigger clients. What were those like after going through all of these incubators that you went through? Yeah, most of these programs, especially Idea Space, would require the founder to devote a big amount of time for the startup. Yep. Mm-hmm. And uh, working in Cerebro led me to experience one of the biggest decisions that I had to make in my life. And that is to choose between continuing my full-time job as a teacher and leaving my career yeah. to work full-time on my startup. And I'm telling you, since I'm already married and I already have a kid, mm-hmm. it was a very difficult decision to make. Yeah. So... The condition that I gave myself was that I will only quit my full-time job if my startup will be able to provide a salary for myself that is at least equal, if not more than what I was receiving as a teacher or as a department head in my school. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So if there is one thing that I learned from working uh, at my startup, that would be taking very big risks. Yep. And I must say and that, big pay cuts uh, if needed be. Yeah, and uh, working for a startup or founding a startup is not for the faint-hearted, right? So, well, we are, we have been operating for more than three years now, still fully bootstrapped, relying solely on our sales to support our operations. Wow. And actually, that is also what motivated me to work harder. Uh, because if I don't do it, it will not only have a significant impact to me and my family, but also to the families of our employees who are all relying on their jobs at Cerebro as their bread and butter. And this is what keeps me awake at night, actually. <laughs> Of course, the payroll is inevitable. It comes every 15th and 30th of the month. Yep, yep. <laughs> and of course, 
uh, we're still trying to raise funds kasi you don't know what would happen it's always uncertain diba? they say it's a VUCA world now mm. uh, especially after the pandemic and I've been pitching back and forth to dozens of VCs, being active mm. in a lot of community events, and maybe you're seeing that, no? and doing my best to make uh, connections to key enablers in the startup community just to find capital and support for Cerebro. But I still believe that that does not mean that uh, we are doomed to die ah. just because we are able to raise funds. Nope. So, dun ko nakita talaga yung hustle. Uh, actually, it taught us to survive. And right. who would have thought that while many of our batchmates in the startup industry from maybe idea space three years Are ago have already been gone by now. Yeah. And mind you, majority of them were able to secure investments. Ah? They were funded. Mm. And who would have thought that Cerebro would still be existing and surviving up to now uh, and, fully bootstrapped. And you're absolutely correct there because uh, at the end of the day, guys, and this is where there, this myth needs to be debunked. That funding is not a milestone. Yes, okay, great. You have funding. But when mm-hmm. you get funding from any type of investor, whether angel or whatnot, there is a noose in your neck that basically says, yo, your, your runway is limited. You need to perform. And the sad mm-hmm. reality is if until you get a repeatable and scalable business model, if you don't find a way to get to sustainable revenue or even profit, that noose is going to be pulled and you're going to be dead. And I think what's happening with you guys is that, you know, that that noose never came and you knew the cliff was right there. So you really needed to find other ways for you to survive. And that's the best way to survive. And then now when when you hit all the metrics and you sell the vision where you want to take it, what happens is that since you've already earned your chops, the -hmm. funding that you'll get is not funding to survive. It's funding to scale. And those are two different things. Yeah. Actually, most of the VCs that we're talking to are saying, your progress is too slow. For three years, you should have achieved X number of clients already. You should have this mm-hmm. revenue already. But what I'm telling them is we managed to survive. At Correct. least you're not dead. Mm. Diba? Whatever happens, cash is king. Absolutely. So it, it might be slow progress, but we're still having progress. But again, a support. Yeah. It's to scale talaga. That's true. And at, at the end of the day, again, you only need to grow to do hyper growth if you raise angel or VC funding because that's the expectation because as a VC or as an angel the return doesn't really go back to you if you can't raise on the next round that's the Mm -hmm. game they play it's a game of endless fundraising until you exit however if you have full control over your startup who's stopping you to do it at a slower pace which is manageable and you don't have to Hire a shit ton of people to be able to do that. You're actually in control of your own destiny, mm-hmm. right? So that's the beauty of it. And again, it's not zero sum, right? So at, at one point, if again, if you don't want that uh, noose in your head or that gun in your head, like, ah, grow, 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 3x, 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 2x, 2x, then find a way to profitability. Then you're in control. And then when you're ready, it's your call when to use that VC funding to accelerate what you've built. Yeah, that's why I'm also happy to know, I read in one of your posts that uh, you're already fe- uh, featuring in Hustle Share startups that were fully bootstrapped and not only those that were funded. I think I saw one of the posts that you've had before. No, Actually, uh, that's a misnomer. I, I don't discriminate. Not just because, okay, yes, there's a lot of people that get the race, but I love stories of people who actually found a way to, to get it done because you're right. A lot of these 
the people that raised funding, a lot of them are dead, you know, because if they don't figure out, again, the news was pulled or they ran off a cliff, they didn't make it. Unfortunately. I guess, uh, siguro kasi, they're just the ones that are making a buzz right now yeah. whenever they raise funding. And mm-hmm. usually, bootstrapped uh, startups are silent mm-hmm. because, I don't know, maybe it's also they're afraid of telling the world that we haven't raised we are mm. unable to fundraise. Parang ganon. You should na, be more proud, actually, because a lot of people, um, mm. a lot of startups, do not get to profitability at all. And if mm. you you're able to have a sustainable business model, and yes, it's not might not might be the three x, but three x three x two x that the VCs want. But you figured out one thing that's very difficult in tech, which is create a sustainable business model, and you're in control of your destiny. You mm. are not dying. Oh, siguro, I'm not proud of that kasi sabi ko sa'yo, inalis ko yung pride eh, when mm-hmm. I entered the world of startups but yeah, uh, of course yung ganong klase uh, to hear that from other startup founders mm-hmm. is also ano talaga, uh, very motivating in a lot of startup events that I'm uh, attending nagugulat sila kapag ganun yung sinasabi ko and it's actually what keeps me going yeah. uh, okay, I am still in the right track and uh, <laughs> yeah, I can make it pa no, I can Continue. We may have a shorter runway compared to those who were funded, mm-hmm. but at least uh, we're able to sustain. But ourselves. it's yours, right? And and, and, yeah. and nobody's gonna be like, "Oh my God, you! Why are you not raising?" Blah blah blah. Because those are mm-hmm. the conversations you're gonna have once you start raising funding, and it's an enviable situation. Honestly, I wish uh, you do that because once you pop the cherry, and in, in the fundraising game, the you're gonna have to do it all the time now. Yes, it looks sexy, but the pressure, the trade-off that it gives you, especially if you don't figure out, if you don't hit the metrics you said you're going to get, man, mm-hmm. it, it, it's not for the faint-hearted, right? Okay, And it looks sexy because, oh my God, you're going to be in Hustle Share, you're going to be blah, blah, blah. Yes, mm-hmm. but there's a big butt at the back. There's a gun in your head. It looks sexy. But a lot of people that get to raise funding, again, uh, you know the number, 90% of startups fail. These are the ones that are most likely not going to make it until they figure out a way to do what you're exactly doing, which is to be profitable. So I'm proud of you. Very good job. Now, what's next, Justin, in in what you guys are doing? I I know this is not going to be the last time because you're in control of your destiny. What's next for Cerebro? So actually, we're currently repurposing our educational contents uh, for other English-speaking countries because, you know, one plus one in mathematics here in the Philippines would produce the same result in other countries. It's still two, right? So uh, it's just a matter of mapping out the curriculum and seeing where exactly these learning competencies fit in their educational system. And this is our expansion strategy. So we're doing it uh, now. That's why you saw uh, that we went to Echelon. We went to Tech in Asia last year. Nice. Right? To get a feel of how the startup community from these countries would react. And uh, we were able to get to see also how other edtech startups mm. from other countries are doing it. So we hope that uh, Cerebro's digital contents will also be compatible with a lot more uh, e-learning platforms, not only locally. Since our dream is to make Cerebro as a leading educational content brand globally uh, along the ranks of uh, Pearson, McGraw-Hill, Discovery Education. Nice. Uh, that can work side by side with other edtech platform providers. Since what we want is not actually to compete, but to complement each other. And uh, with that, diba, we can all help uh, teachers teach at their best. That is amazing. Again, thank you very much, Justin. But if people want to reach out and again, collaborate with you, where do they go and how do they do that? 
just visit our website at uh, cerebro.th. And of course, we're very open to discussing how we can help your schools, the teachers make teaching an enjoyable passion and not just a stressful job that would give them thoughts about leaving their careers. Thank you, Ron, for having me in the show. All right. Again, thanks, Justin. But before I let you go, follow us on whatever podcast app you're listening to, or Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or any type of podcast app. And if you see a five-star rating, give us a five-star if you like this. Again, give us feedback if we're doing well. And again, we do have a new show. It's a sequel to Hustle Share. It's called Founders Only. It's going to be available anywhere you have podcasts as well. But also, it is a video podcast. So it's in the Hustle Share YouTube channel. So you also get to see the, the full-time reaction of everyone that we're, we're having on the show. And also, if we did say some jargon, it's going to be the show notes on healthshare.com. And lastly, if you want to be part of our community, it's going to be in the premium community so you can get involved in how we create the content in premium.hustleshare.com. And again, Justin, thank you very much. Thank you. All right. I'll see you guys in the next episode. Peace.